welcome back to our channel, The Wedded. Today, we are going to be discussing everything wedding industry, what it's like to work in the industry, what we love about it, and maybe what we don't love about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll start off. Um, I think one of the reasons why I sort of first entered the wedding industry was because it's an industry that's never gonna die. Yeah. Right? I mean, everyone, we're, we're hoping everyone's gonna still get married. On that point though. Oh, here we go. I was literally, I mean, I was doing my bit on LinkedIn yesterday and I came across an article and it was talking about kind of virtual events and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are kind of predicting that the events industry are gonna shift to majority virtual events and virtual attendees. Can you see that? Can you see virtual events in terms of the wedding industry? No, <laughs> I can't see that at all. Look, we this was something that happened during COVID, right? So it's definitely something that happened and that we kind of got used to a little bit, but no way. Yeah. It, can you see that? It just really takes away the human factor of it. Yeah, 100%. In the situation in terms of weddings, the only way I can kind of see it is if, you know, family members overseas can't make it. And there's mm -hmm. kind of an element where you can attend right. virtually, mm -hmm. but for the whole thing, I mean- no. No, for, yeah. I mean, look, for us, it's booming. And it's something that we've discussed recently because to give you a bit of background, we were actually on Dubai Eye, which for those of you who don't live in Dubai, that's a radio station here. And we went on to discuss what happened to, to couture events during COVID and yeah. then what happened afterwards. And one of the questions that was asked was about sort of the business now. And Emirates has seen a huge influx in, I think it was a 20% increase in the amount of flowers that are being flown over to the UAE. So the question to us was, you know, are we seeing more, more weddings? Are we seeing more destination weddings? And most definitely we are. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a, a conversation that we were invited to, to Dubai Tourism. And they basically sat down with Couture Events. It was about a year ago. And they said to us, look, you know, what can we do as a tourism board to really increase destination weddings into Dubai? At the moment, we have six, just destination weddings. And that has increased by 80% in the last two years, 80%. It's huge. So, you know, hats off to Dubai Tourism for what they've done. It's massively helped us. So if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the next point about the industry is to really find out what it is that we really love about the industry. And obviously, you know that, you know, Couture Events has been in the industry for a long time, which we touched upon in the first episode, but we didn't really touch upon your history and your background. And, you know, you're really new in the wedding industry. So how have I'm you found it? Like, give us a little bit of a breakdown of where you've come from and then what you think about it. So, I mean, going right back, I was really into kind of the drama, the singing. Um, I she just can sing. We'll bring that to another episode. To sing on the podcast. <laughs> do not ask me. To, um, but no, I mean, I really wanted to go to drama school in London, and that was kind of where I was at in my sort of mid to late teens. Mm -hmm. Um, and on the side, I was studying languages only because I just really enjoyed it. I really got on with the teacher. And then I kind of had a similar to you, actually. I kind of had that moment where you're like, I don't really know what to do. Okay. And I sat down with, so my dad's partner, her mom is actually a, a professor at university. Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know, I, I don't know what to do at university. It was the time where I was applying. And she said, right, in that case, do something that's not going to limit you to one industry. It's actually why I did business, by the way. Yeah, because it's, it was it's a, general. Yeah, a multitude yeah. of anything. Exactly. Yeah. And she said, and what are you doing? You're doing languages. She said, that's 
it's not an industry, it's a life skill. Mm -hmm. She goes, mm -hmm. you can apply that to anything. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, okay, I'll do it. You know, there was a year abroad attached to it. And I was like, that's a bit of me. So what language? German. German. So yeah, I went into, I chose a double honours, German translation studies, went and did my year abroad. I was working in nuclear engineering. <laughs> I can't even imagine you in that industry. I know. But you know what? Like that was actually a big realisation moment for me because I'll be totally frank and maybe can, people can relate with me. I was literally doing it for the money. I think um, we've all been guilty of that, where especially early on in life, you maybe you go to university, maybe you don't. And yeah. even at that point, you come out and you're just doing something that you don't love. Like yeah. I remember when I was in sales and I loved being in sales, but I was never selling a product that I loved to sell. Yeah. I never loved the end product. So I get yeah, it. 100%. And yeah, so that was the plan. I came home to finish my final year at uni. Um, and then all of a sudden, everything, excuse my language, went tits up. So we had like a little group of best friends at uni um, and it was very sudden. My best friend passed away. And I'm yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. But it changed your life then? It definitely influenced some decisions that I made. Right. Um, and, you know, I kind of knuckled down, kept my head down. But after that, I just wanted to run away. Right. I just felt like... I'm not ready to go into career. I'm not ready to make any big decisions. Mm -hmm. It was kind of just a slap in the face and being like, you know, you're still young. I was in my early twenties at the time. And I just thought, just go and have an extended gap year. So what mm -hmm. did I do? I found a advert for an airline in Dubai. I got through and all my family was expecting me to go back to Germany, you know? And I ended up calling my dad, I thought, Surprise! <laughs> Going to the Middle East. <laughs> so yeah, came out, had a bit of an extended gap year, travelled, um, and then I met you, <laughs> which we did touch upon in the first we did, episode, we did. right? So yeah. I think that. I mean, my next question to you is obviously you worked for a prestigious airline. You've had a lot of um, experiences. What was it like coming into the wedding industry? How did you find it? I actually struggled. Yeah. At the start, mm -hmm. because I mean, the customer is always right in in every industry, but I was conditioned that no matter what, you've really got to kind of bend over backwards and mm -hmm. just lower your ego in every situation. Mm -hmm. And when I kind of came into the wedding industry, it was a f the first opportunity in a long time that I was able to be myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd have clients and, you know, and I'd be working, I'd be working really late at night. And it, I remember one time I had three inquiries that I was working on at once. And, I remember that. you know, they, they wanted something within the next hour and the next one wanted it the next day. And I remember that call. Yeah. And I called you, you know, she I was frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, but like, you know, angry, I was... frustrated, and it's a lot. And I think that you know, you you have to be a certain type of person to do well yeah. in this industry because all of a sudden you can like every day is different, yeah. And then all of a sudden you can be chilling and relaxing, fo focusing on social media, and then the next day you can be landed with all these inquiries, and they want a response, they want it now, yeah. And it can I be so overwhelming, no. yeah, and yeah, exactly. I, really and I remember that no. conversation with you, and I was like, you have to learn to say no, yep. if it's not gonna be beneficial for you, for your mindset, for the company, then you have to learn to say no. Cause it was this one particular one we were talking about. It's, it's a very small, it was a very, very small event, but yeah. they were putting a lot of pressure on you. Exactly. Yep. And another big thing to, to, to note there is obviously now I'm kind of in control about how much money I make. Yep. 
And whereas, you know, back then when I was new, I was kind of grasping onto every opportunity and being like, yeah, I, I need to, I need to. But obviously coming away from that, it's like, no, by saying no, you're actually raising your bar higher and setting a standard and being like, no, I have a certain level of work and, you know, being confident in yourself, no matter what your experience is. I mean, because coming into it, I did have that kind of imposter syndrome. I, mm -hmm. I remember I came to you, didn't I? And I was like, I feel like a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Look, I think look, that's something that we've all we've all been through yeah. and anybody that's watching this, if you're in the industry or not in the industry, we've all had that imposter syndrome where we yeah. feel like we don't belong and we feel like we feel our worth isn't good enough. Yeah, for and sure. I think it's really important to sort of say, you know, the proof's always in the pudding, right? Exactly. And, and we've all been inexperienced in some ways, but like I said to you during that conversation, as a person that has had all these life experiences that I haven't had, makes you valuable yeah, for to sure. any I mean, business, any company. And I think that that's key and crucial for anybody. Exactly. I mean, that's really important to know for anybody who is kind of in the situation that I was looking for a drastic career change, or maybe you've come out of university or applying for university and you don't know what you want mm -hmm. to do. It's really important to know that whatever you do end up doing, most often than not, it might not be what you do for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. mean, the majority of our people that I speak to have ended up changing their careers at some point in their mm. lives. And knowledge is power, no matter what you do. If you've come from nuclear engineering, you can go into, <laughs> into the into wedding, wedding industry. And, it, and those skills are valuable. Mm -hmm. Like we've, we've had a few like tough, tough moments in the industry. Mm -hmm. What have you really enjoyed about it so far? What I've really loved, again, moving on from the fact that I didn't have any experience is everybody has welcomed me with open arms. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been to a few meetups and, you know, we had that afternoon tea, didn't we? With um, Imar, yeah. With Imar. And everyone was just really lovely. I've never felt for one moment since coming into, into this industry that I'm an outsider. Mm -hmm. And the feelings that I did have was kind of self-inflicted just because obviously at the beginning I was learning and I was kind of in your shadow and- mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, on that note, I think that you're right. Like the, the the wedding industry is extremely welcoming and everybody, I feel like it's one of those industries where everyone's your biggest cheerleader. Even yeah. I've made friends in the industry and and from, from an outside perspective and someone who didn't necessarily know us might see us as competitors. And in some ways, maybe we are a little bit, but we're very different. Like for example, you know, Aaron from Viva Weddings, yes. a really, really good friend of mine and Technically, I mean, could we be called competitors? Maybe, not really. But I feel like he really helped me at the start of my career. He literally, I remember the first time that I came to Dubai and I felt like he welcomed me with open arms. I felt like he took me under his wing and really showed me, introduced me to the right people. And he didn't need to do that. Yeah. He didn't need to do that. Yeah. He, he, it's because that's the type of nurturing, kind, generous people that I think are in the industry. And I'll give you an amazing example of this. And this is going back to when I was probably in your position. I'd probably at this point, I just started out. This is, this is a long story, so I'll, I'll keep it brief, but I saw a post online and um, an acquaintance of mine who we'd stayed friends with over Facebook, because mm -hmm. back then it was Facebook, it wasn't Instagram. <laughs> um, he had made a post um, basically saying that he had a brain tumor. Then he made a further post a couple of years later saying it's not great news. And he'd been given three to four months to live. Oh, and wow. at the time I'm six months pregnant and I'm like, I'm distraught for them because they're a young couple, a beautiful couple. Like they were, he was handsome. She was beautiful. The kids were amazing. They had a, a really long backstory with one of their children as well, because he was disabled. And 
it was just a heartbreaking story and it made me go to bed and I was like, I really want to help him. I really want, and I think like, like we're saying, it's the, one of the characteristics of being a natural planner is you just want to help people and you yeah. want to be nice and you want to just, you know, be there for somebody. And like, I, th I was thinking, is she going to think I'm really weird if I send her a message? But I did. The next day I messaged her and I was like, listen, I've heard the news. I don't know what to say. I'm a wedding planner in Portugal. They're in the UK. Yeah. I want to help. Can, can, would you want to renew your vows? Would you want to do something? And she was like, look, he's, he's getting really sick. Let me speak to him and I'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. So a while later, a couple of hours later, she came back. She was like, we're in. And I was like, oh shit. Oh my God. <laughs> I'd never planned a wedding in the UK ever. Oh my God. I didn't have any connections at all. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I, and I now like it's a big pressure on my shoulders because this is going to be a massive moment for them in yeah, their lives. Potentially the last. Ever. Yeah. And potentially the last moment that everyone's together or get emotional. And um, anyway, I put this post out on Facebook and I swear, and back then there wasn't really such a thing as going viral because it was a long time ago. Right, yeah. But I put this post out on Facebook, uh, on Facebook and literally in 24 hours, not only had we raised enough money to cover parts of the wedding that couldn't be gifted. So like food and beverage mm -hmm. really from the hotel side, which was probably the only thing that we actually paid money for. Everything else was gifted everything Laura wow. and I'm talking back down to the the smallest of details of you know a wishing well where people put their cards in like you know it everything like the 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 decoration the the flowers the rentals the the cars that they had cars the photographers the videographers in the end I had to say no to people and this was all for free they were getting nothing you know the 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 couple had made it very clear they didn't want to go into the paper. Like I did have a massive TV channel in the UK contact me and they wanted to feature mm -hmm. it because it was an amazing story of bringing people together. But they were like, no. So everybody that got involved knew there was no publicity in it for them. No one was doing it to to do it, to put something, you know, put themselves in the paper or do something. They just did it because they were great, generous people. And honestly, this happened in my life a very long time ago. And to this day, I think about it and I get goosebumps and I feel pride, but I also feel so grateful for all the people that got involved that helped me create that. And it wasn't just me in the end, like, you know, it's, it sounds amazing for me saying that story, but it wasn't just me. There was like, literally, I would say probably about 50 people that were involved in that, oh. in that event. Imagine. That is just absolutely incredible. So I guess, Anybody that's watching this, there might be some that are watching it that are already in the industry and some people yeah. that aren't and they're, they're listening to this and they're, they're thinking, wow, this sounds like an amazing industry. And it is, mm -hmm. you know, what would be your advice at this point? Because you're relatively new and I know that arguably there was, you know, we, you did network and we did yeah. meet and it did create the opportunity. But what would be your advice for somebody that's sort of listening to this thinking, I would love to get into this industry? My first piece of advice would be throw yourself in the deep end because that's what I did and that's how I've learned. And, you know, although it's very beneficial to educate yourself, uh, I won't disregard that, but it's also very, very beneficial to have that practical experience combined with mm -hmm. that education. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, push yourself out there, go to meetings, schedule meetings. You know, I've sent LinkedIn requests to, I I'll aim for the top. I'll message the CEOs and 
I might send 20 emails out and get two replies. But those... Who was it that you got really excited about who connected with Mona you? Mona Katan. If you're listening to this, <laughs> Mona Katan. If I you're am watching this. super fan. She, yeah, she's a super fan. No, that listen, made her life. I am a perfume fanatic, right? <laughs> if you've been to my apartment and my husband will vouch for this, I have got a huge perfume shop. I mean, not as big as Mona Katan's. The collection is ongoing, but my dream, if you don't know who Mona Katan is, she's the sister of Huda Beauty and she's got her own brand, Kaeli Fragrances. And she's got a huge fragrance closet, like a, a walk-in closet. I've seen it, full I've seen of it on, perfumes. On, on YouTube. I mean, Mona, if you're listening, just... <laughs> I will buy a ticket to come and visit your favourite. <laughs> but yeah, or I mean, come and talk to us. Come and sit yeah, on the couch. Imagine having her on the pod. That would be no, amazing. I, I'd, I'd die. I'd die. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't be able to speak. I mean, <laughs> I'd, imagine. Remember that day? She she replied back to the comment on Instagram. Didn't I'm literally acting like she's like, you your know, friend. not my bestie. But she replied to the comment, and I was like, Hannah, I was wearing Kayali today. I manifested it. <laughs> And she's, she's none the wiser, you know. She's none the wiser. But yeah, I mean, Mona, keep replying to my comments. It makes my day. <laughs> I absolutely oh love it. Well, I guess we can sort of round it up and, and really say to anybody that is watching that does want to have a career change or wants to jump into this industry. Or, you know, if you're in the industry, but maybe you're plodding along and you're looking to sort of get more connected, then, you know, for sure, networking, meet oh as many God, people yeah. as you can. 100%. I mean, networking is the key for any industry, actually. Mm -hmm. Network, network. Always suggest going for a coffee. Just chat about life. There's, you can learn something from everyone mm -hmm. and anyone. And it's a great point you said, you know, if you have if you ask... If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, yeah. you don't get. And yeah. that is the most crucial thing. And that's definitely something that I think we've all learned in, in our lives. I mean, I remember when we won recently the the biggest pitch of our life and it was literally asking, you know, for, can we, can we do this? We're currently pitching for something else, which is a bit top secret. Um, but, <laughs> you know, again, we literally found the email address, sent a couple of emails, found the right person and was like, can we get involved in this in some shape or form? And mm -hmm. then we got a meeting from that, which was a virtual meeting. And now we're waiting for potentially what could be the next step. But if we don't ask, we don't get. So it Absolutely. happens. You don't have to be, you know, looking to just get into the industry. There are ways and things that we're going to teach people, I hope, along the way that will be able to elevate themselves if they are already in the industry. And if they're not, please do stay tuned. We are coming to the end of this episode. But if you are looking for a career change or you are looking to jump into the wedding industry, we're here for you. Yeah. We will open our arms. The whole industry will be waiting for you, including us. Um, we're always here. Our DMs are always open. If you do have any questions, sure. if you are starting out or if you are already in the industry and want to establish yourself. Um, and also keep the comments going. Let us know as always, what you want to hear next, because as we say, this community is for you. So we want you to get as much value out of it as possible. Again, if you're not interested at all, stick around because our stories are brilliant, <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. Um, but yeah, guys, you know what to do. Keep engaging with us, follow our socials. And like my daughter would say, please like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. See you on the next one.